<laughs> well, we've we've tracked down Toast Goodseer. He's he's uh, back from his walkabout. Good morning to you, Toast. Hi there. Good morning. Yes, sorry, I was uh, I was stuck somewhere deep in a dam in a blue forest. Well, yes, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I thought as much. Now, um, you have um been to Rwanda, and the thing that um uh I d- delighted me was that you said it was such a small country that you could virtually drive around it in it uh, on one petrol tank. Is that true? It is. It's small. It's 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 a little bit smaller than Lesotho. Yes. That, that gives most South Africans, I think, a relative idea of how big it is. And um, I don't think I, I filled up more than once while I was there. Of course, I drove there, yes. so getting there takes yes. more than one tank of sure. petrol. Um, driving from Cape Town up there took uh, well a couple of months and yeah. did lots of other things along the way. But once you are there. It's easy to drive around in. And if you don't want to drive yourself, because not everyone, of course, will go up there, you can fly there, you can mm. hire a driver or, or take buses and, yes. and taxis. It's, it's relatively safe to do so while you're there. And because it's so small, it means that all the the major attractions are quite close uh, to right. one another. And even though it takes a while to drive from the one to the other because the roads are it's very mountainous. Yeah. Basically, it always feels like you're driving in a mountain pass. Yes. So it takes a while, but you can get to everything in a few days. So even if you only have almost want to say five days in, and you want to do a fly-in trip to Rwanda, you can easily do the best parks and, and yes. lakes in Rwanda in those five days. If you, did, um, if you didn't have the sort of time that you obviously had to do what you did, which I have to say sounds incredible, if you fly in, are you able then to pick up a pretty good 4x4 four four and, and do a sort of certain amount of DIY? Yes, you, you would be able to, to, to get a 4x4 four four yourself. It's not mm. even necessary to get a 4x4 four four because the, the most of the main roads are tarred. Yes. It would be useful to have a 4x4 four four because here and there um, it drains a lot in Rwanda. So if, when you do go yeah. a little bit on a gravel road, it, you might need 4x4. Four four. I once needed 4x4 four four when I drove there. Okay. Uh, I mostly stuck to the main tar roads and they in fairly good condition. Mm. You have to drive quite slowly because there are lots of cyclists and pedestrians on the road wherever you go. Um, but one day, during a particularly heavy rain shower, uh, my girlfriend and I were traveling down the eastern shore of Lake Kivu, and they're busy building a new tar road there, but while they're building, the place was, it, it was a mess. It was, it was, yeah, we got through some deep mud there that day in the mm-hmm. Toyota Fortuna we were driving, and yeah, thankfully no problems that day. But it would be it'd be entirely possible to rent a four by four when you get there and drive yes. around yourself. Quite nice also to be up high. I just always get that feeling it, you see better. You know, you see more of the surrounding area. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, Toast, can I just ask you to stay on the line? We're just going to go into traffic, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll talk further. Well, I'm... uh I'm um, listening to Toast Katsir recount uh, the, sto- the, the tales of his adventures in Rwanda. And I, I must say, to get up there sort of after a couple of months uh, must be the most extraordinary thing to drive up through Africa. So many people want to do it. But from uh, Cape Town right up there uh, must have been a real adventure, Toast. 
Oh, yeah, it was. We spent most of our time on the way up. Um, the first, just driving through South Africa and Botswana was fairly quick. We didn't linger much. Mm. Then we started doing things, and that mostly included going to, to parks, game reserves, national parks in Zambia. Spent a lot of time in, in Tanzania, and the previous few issues of Go Magazine recounts a lot of our Tanzanian adventures through yes. Serengeti and Gorongoro, for example. Mm. But we always we weren't exactly sure where we would turn around, and we kind of left the trip a little bit open-ended. We needed to be back at a certain point in South Africa, but we weren't sure how far north we would get and where we would turn around. So initially, I thought um, we would probably turn around in Uganda at the equator. That was that was sort of the mission at one stage, and then mm. I realised. We'll be able to make Uganda and the equator, but we'll have to rush the last bit, and I didn't yeah. want to do that. And Rwanda, which I'd visited before, about seven or eight years ago, I really loved Rwanda then, and it was so great to be back there. And I went to some of the parks again that I visited before, but I realized to really show, and I was with my girlfriend, and, and, and I wanted to share this place with her. And to just kind of rush through Rwanda in order to get into Uganda, to get to the equator and kind mm. of you know tick a box and come back, just seemed like a waste. So instead of rushing up into Uganda, we spent more time in Rwanda, and we ended up having just a, it was probably the, one of the highlights of, of this, this massive trip that we, yeah. that we did. We walked in beautiful rainforests. We saw golden monkeys. We spent oh. nice, relaxing days next to the beautiful Lake Kivu, which must be one of the most incredible places to mm. see, I, I think, in Africa. And then incredible birding in another reserve called Nyungwe Forest uh, National Park, a yes. bit further south on the border of Burundi. It was, was incredible. It sounds wonderful, and the birding uh, really whet my appetite because you describe uh, you describe all all the birds that you saw, but you start off going to uh, the city, the the first destination being the capital city, Kigali. Can you just describe that for us? I, I really like going to the capital city of a country. It really it, it tells you something about the country. Yes, going to national parks and seeing the natural wonders that's that's great but but I, I always kind of feel you need to see one of the big cities as well mm. and Kigali is a really interesting city it's laid out over um, hills mountains as well most of the country looks like that um, quite modern in, in, in one sense uh, lots of new roads roundabouts built everywhere and the neighborhood that we stayed in happened to be the kind of diplomatic government center as well Mm. Um, very good restaurants if you know where to find them and we had a bit of inside info from a friend of ours who had lived there before so she gave us a few names of places to check out and then what what I would encourage people to do when you do visit and you will visit Kigali because you'll fly into Kigali if yes. you and even right. if you drive through, you will drive through Kigali. It's in the middle of the country. It's where you can fix a car if you need the car to be fixed okay. and so forth. And the Kigali Genocide Memorial, I would, I would recommend people to go mm. check out almost before they venture into the rest of the country. It gives you a really good background as to just the, the people that, that you're going to meet in the yeah. week or two that you spend in the country. Perspective? Perspective. Yes, it's, 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 it's very hard to imagine it but but you have to know that virtually every single Rwandan you meet along the way and you know I'm mm. there for holidays so it's a very sort of different yeah. thing um, but everyone's been affected by the genocide mm. you meet so many um, young people who are orphans and and it's just something that you you need that bit of background before you set out and just and just you know see the country and how yeah. pretty it is and so yeah. forth
It's quite an interesting thing because you talk about uh, having to give up your plastic bags as you end to go through the border. Yes. Just tell us a bit how that country is governed. Yes, I don't know that much about the, the governance, but I, I can tell you that it's a very clean country, and that's probably something that a lot of first-time visitors would notice when they when they visit Rwanda. Yeah. Um, they have a, a monthly day; it's called Umuganda, where it's sort of well, call it the community project, for lack of of another description. Mm-hmm. Um, last Saturday of every month, where every citizen is supposed to join in on a local community project. And that often includes cleaning up your neighborhood, picking up trash lying around the streets. Yes. And one of the things that they do have that helps a lot, and I always think it would just help so much in South Africa, is that they've just simply banned plastic shopping bags. There's no ifs or buts. You, you can't get them. They're, 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 yeah. It's a banned item. And if the police um, spot you carrying one, they will confiscate it from really? you. And they confiscated some of our plastic bags. You know, we have sort of toiletries wrapped in them in your bags yes. and so forth. Opened our bags at the border, searched our bags, and confiscated our plastic bags. So <laughs> when you do go shopping there, you either take your own basket or your yes. own bag, or you get a brown paper bag, which you then pay a little bit extra for. Um, it's just, it's one of those small things, but when you drive around South Africa, especially small towns oh, around sure. the edges of the big towns, yes. we have so much just plastic bag pollution, never mind yeah. other stuff. No, but do. if you just took that out of the equation, it, it makes quite a difference. Mm. Well, the Genocide Memorial Center that you went to, you, you recommend that's maybe the first stop. And if you're going to get, be in the, the uh, capital and set off from there, it's a good idea to start off there. Uh, you, you talk about, you. I know that you went camping and uh, you talk about camping in the re- rainforest and, and birding there. How easy was it to bird in a rainforest? It was quite a challenge. I'm, 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 I enjoy birding. I'm not the most serious birder, but yes. Nyungwe Forest National Park or Nyungwe National Park, as it's called, is one of the best places in Africa to go if you're a serious birder because they've got lots of endemic species. And birders always get excited about that because mm. it means it's a bird that you only find in one very restricted range. Yes. Um, and this is in the Albertine Rift part of Africa, of the African Rift Valley. So the very highly specialized um, and unique birds in Nyungwe Forest. Mm. It's difficult because I think in South Africa we, we're used to birding being, you know, you go to a bird hide, get out the binoculars and everything's here in front of you or you drive in your car. And it's sort of, it's, it's easy to see most of our birds in the kind of open bush felt that we're used to in, in southern Africa. But in the rainforest, it's, it's quite challenging because the trees are enormous. They're as big as buildings. And when there's a bird sitting at the top of the tree, you can't see it because it's too far. Mm-hmm. And it's being obscured by all the other vegetation in between where you're standing at the bottom and the top of the tree. So you really do need an expert birding guide to go with you. And Nyungwe, they have a... A, f- a few very very good uh, bird guides who can go out with you so you you pay a fee and you go out with someone who knows the mm. sounds and that's the bird calls a serious bird will tell you if you know that that's kind of like cracking a code yes. because it means you can identify birds before you see it or even without ever seeing it yeah. and the the guide we had at Nyungwe was really excellent it, it you know we would have seen 10 birds in the day without mm. him but we ended up seeing 50 of which several were you know, first time yeah. uh, sort of lifers that we've never seen before. Now you also talk about going um, to see the vol- volcanoes 
and um and and you know what what the the the, the wildlife that was around those yes yes there's a park called volcanoes national park it's in the northwest of the country this is the part of the country where it, it's really a, a series of mountains to, uh, called the Virunga chain. Uh, most of them are extinct volcanoes, but across the way in the DRC, um, there's still an active, a couple of active volcanoes as mm-hmm. well. Now, this part so it borders on Uganda and the DRC, this part of Rwanda, uh. and it, it's kind of a cross-border park because both those other two countries also have reserves there. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the last refuges of the mountain gorillas. Now, I didn't go see mountain gorillas in... Rwanda, where you can see them, you can see them in Uganda and DRC as well. I actually went to see them in the DRC. But what we did do in the Volcanoes National Park, uh, we just went for a kind of a cheaper excursion on that day because it is quite expensive to Mm. go and see gorillas. Permits cost six, seven, eight hundred dollars, something, something like that. Um, But the golden monkeys that we went to see, also an endemic species in in that forest, fascinating. We went in also with a guide. A small group of tourists, and you find a habituated troop of golden monkeys in this dense, dense bamboo mm-hmm. forest. It's really quiet in there, and it's it's just so beautiful. And eventually, you you see them, and at first they're a bit skittish, jumping from the one bamboo yes. stem to the next, and then they calm down and they get a bit more relaxed around you. But suddenly dart down, break off a little shoot of bamboo, which they love eating, and then rush Mm. back up again and sort of sit there and eat it almost like ice cream. Wonderful. Um, Beautiful excursion. Not mountain gorillas. Mountain gorillas, also incredible to see. But there's so much more than just mountain gorillas uh, Mm. to Rwanda. Toast, um, just stay on the line. We're just going to go into our news headlines. Toast Katsia is on the line. He's the travel editor at Veg and Go magazines, and uh, we're traveling in around Rwanda with him. And the the national park, the Nyungwe, is it Nyungwe National Park? Nyungwe, yes. A good good place to to set up camp. Beautiful views. Incredible. There's there's a, a more luxurious lodge as well. It's not everyone's gonna. Especially if you fly in, not necessarily going to take your camping equipment with. Um, There's a luxury lodge situated just at the edge of the park. There's an incredibly beautiful tea plantation because tea and coffee, of course, two other big things in in Rwanda. So you can stay in complete luxury if you want. But because we had driven up there, we had all our camping stuff with us, um, we kind of looked at the weather all the time. You know, if if the weather was really bad and it rained a lot because Mm. it it did start raining. This was November when we were there. We sometimes didn't camp and opted to stay in a in a, in a room or a cheap lodge or something like that. Mm. But at um, this campsite called Uwinka in uh, Nyungwe, I went there about seven or eight years ago, and then it was even more rugged. You literally just mm. had sort of a clearing, and it's high up in the mountains as well, so it's kind of a mountainous rainforest. Mm. And now they built these platforms with a sort of a roof covering, so your tent, even when you pitched it on this on this platform, you, you're in the rainforest, but you covered at the top. So even yes. if it rained heavily, you, you would be yeah. spared from the, the biggest, the, the heaviest deluge. And that was wonderful. Um, beautiful areas where you could make a fire, also under a, a little roof. Uh, do your own cooking there. There's mm. a, a camp attendant to make sure that you've got hot water to, to wash with and uh, that you've got firewood and so on. Yeah. And I just love that place. I, I, would, I would go there. Every year, if I could, I would go to this little Uwinka campsite in Nyungwe. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, and you talk about the the sort of bird calls and uh, and chimpanzee. 
up there? Yes, you do get uh, chimps in Yungwe as well. They also have about five or six other primate species. There are, for example, black and white colobus monkeys, huge troops of them. You can also go on a guided hike to go and see these black and white colobus monkeys mm. and the chimps. The chimps, they are obviously, they're completely wild. They, they live in the forest. And um, on this particular trip, we didn't go and see them. But on a previous visit, I did. Mm. And it's really hard to find them. You have scouts and they roughly follow the movements of the chimps. Chimps are, they, they're much more mobile than gorillas. And generally, when you do go and see gorillas, once you find them, and you normally only have a, a one-hour window that you can spend with the gorillas, and it's the same with the chimps, and most of, of these sort of habituated primate tours work in the same way. The gorillas are quite stationary. You usually find them relaxing, half asleep, you know, barely paying attention to you. They're almost boring. It's almost like looking at lions mm. um, sleeping under a tree when you're in the Kruger. <laughs> uh, but chimps are different. They, they're very, very active, and you need to preferably find them early in the morning just when they've woken up and they're still mm. in the area around which they've built their sleeping nest for the night. Mm. But once they start moving, they can move very, very fast. And unless you're lucky and they're sticking close to the, the footpath that you're on, yeah. You can't quite make the same ground, obviously, that they can make um, through the trees. And you can't keep up after about 20, 30 minutes if they're busy hunting. Yes. They're just moving too fast for you and they're out of there. But it makes for an incredibly proper wilderness experience. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a zoo. It's not a big camp with animals in it. Yes. You're in the forest and, and it, this is their territory. Yeah. The, just just asking the best time to go. You mentioned there's a lot of rain. Of course, there's a rainforest and uh, it's. I think it's, it's very hot. What, in your opinion, is the best time to go there? I'm not entirely sure when, because the, the tropical rain season isn't just the on-off sort of summer winter no. thing like we're used to down here. There's a a longer rain and a shorter rain um, in, in the different countries there in the different areas. So it varies a little bit. I would just say if you go well prepared, you can really go at any time. Make mm. sure that you have a weather gear, you know, and that includes uh, um, uh, rain pants, you know, yes. trousers that are water resistant, not mm. just um, a raincoat that we're used to. Um, and take hiking boots that you can walk with in mm. muddy terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're well prepared, it really doesn't matter. You know, you can always stay in a more comfortable place. If it's raining heavily, you don't have to stay in a tent. Yeah. Um, there, there are great hotels all over the country and, and good yes. lodges. It's, it's a very well set up uh, country for, for tourism. If you go to their official website, rwandatourism.com, it's really, really useful. You can book everything there from your, your, uh, your gorilla permits um, yes. and hiking, hiking trails and so forth. So, so check that out. It'll give you a really good yeah. idea. Thank you so much, um, Toast. Just lastly, is everything in U.S. dollars? Um, not necessarily. Um, you, you, you can also use local currency. At the big tourist spots, um, they normally prefer U.S. dollars. Um, so often the prices are listed like that. Yeah. But you will need uh, Rwandan francs when you go around the country, you know, if you're buying food at the okay. supermarket or filling up with fuel. And Rwandan francs are easy to get when you're in the country. You go to ATM, yeah. they are widespread, and you draw Rwandan francs. But always good to have US dollars in your pocket as well. Yes, I'm sure it is. Uh, Toast could say thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today. You're Thanks Take for care. having me.